Blog Talk Radio. I always wait for that Blog Talk Radio to come on. I want to thank you, first of all, for tuning in to Off the Shelf Radio for this Saturday, May the 7th. And I'm still waiting for our guest to uh, to arrive. So I'm going to go ahead and do the intro for the show, as always, and hopefully she will be joining us shortly. I just sent her an email. Uh, I have to. I want to just tell you guys a story before I go into that. Uh, I've, we've been off the shelf, thanks to you all, and I mean that sincerely. Thanks to every single one of our loyal listeners, we've been here on off the shelf going on twelve years. And the way the show started, it was I was actually going out to just promote my books to get an interview for Portia, my first novel that came out in 1998. And the, whole, the the owner of the show at Rainbow Soul, Neil Blake, he said, why don't you just start your own show? And I had no idea of nothing that went into radio, absolutely nothing. And I did. And thanks to you all, we have interviewed some phenomenal guests, some who, again, they're on international television shows. Some have their own television shows. Some are regionally at the top of their market and others are New York Times bestselling authors. So it's just a tremendous blessing to be here on the show. Over the years, I have had so many experiences with guests and different things that have happened on the show. Sometimes I've had to go, and I always tell you all to stay flexible and stay open because we don't know how everything is going to go. I had one guest who dialed in maybe 10, 15 minutes into the show because she had a flat tire and she was on the interstate traveling and actually did her interview on the interstate. So, and I've had others who something came up and they told me they had to go run into a room and they had to call into a meeting or something and they did their interview that way. So I always like to stay open and not just assume that the person forgot or something came up and they weren't able to dial in i always send reminders so uh, but this is a th- today's guest is an awesome guest i hope that you all will hang in there with me and hang in there with the sh- in, here today's show until our guest uh dials in i did connect with our guest again earlier this week and she she said she would be here until she does i always like to uh, give you all, our listeners, benefits, 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 benefits. That's in everything I do. I want to keep the person who I'm connecting with, interacting with at the top and constantly keep in mind how can I give you a benefit, an advantage. It's People have so many other things they could do, but it's not even just that. Wherever we go, is I don't want to see us waste our time and that everything we did, we came away with some advantage or some benefit that we could use in our lives. So a couple of weeks ago or a couple of shows ago, I started with a a positive, like a quote, a thought that I could put into our guest's mind. And the quote for today's show is, wake up with determination Go to bed with satisfaction, so that means you have to have to wake up with a, a a determination to do something, a determination to see your life 
go a, a certain way. And also, as I'm having to experience here this morning, again, being open because we don't control the universe. We don't know how everything is going to go. So staying open to truly live a good life, flexibility and openness, whether it's a phone call you get you didn't expect or a text or or something happening. I'm in the middle of it right now as the host of this show waiting for the guests to dial in. So different things happen, and you, we have to stay flexible. We have to uh, be ready to fill in the gap. We have to be ready to fill in the gap. Um, and I'm telling you, if you get involved with anything, and everything we do requires us to connect with other people, you're going to have to be flexible and open because people may tell you, yes, I will do this, or yes, I will do that. And something may come up and they're not able to. And you have to be ready to keep moving forward. Um, I also want to tell you guys, well, I have this time, and this is a, a gift as well, uh, about my, my latest book. I'm working on another book right now, but the one, my latest one on the market is Love Pour Over Me. And you can just, you can, it's an ebook format and in print. It's at Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Walmart, ebook it. Any offline or online retailer can get a copy of it, but because it's carried by the largest book distributors in the world, and it's the distributors who get the books into the bookstores. So whether you it's an ebook, there's generally an ebook distributor or a print book. There's a distributor, and the larger the distributor is, the more stores they can get the books into. So you can get Love Pour Over Me in ebook format or in print, and it's about 300 pages. It, 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 love Pour Over Me is a story for people. If you love mystery, there is a mystery uh, banked into the story. Uh, so if you love mysteries, you would enjoy Love Pour Over Me. But the 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 heart of Love Pour Over Me really is a relation relationships, and isn't that what drives all books? Every story that you read is the relationships. A lot of times we think. And I and I, I thought this for years too that it was the characters, but it's actually the relationships that the characters have with each other. I think that helps to drive the story forward. And if not with each other, I'm thinking of the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks. If not with each other, then it's the relationship that the characters have, either with themselves or it could be elements of nature, similar to what happens in. Castaway, and it's that that carries the story. It's that 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 reaches us as readers. It makes us want to find out what's going to happen to this character. That's what keeps us turning the pages. So those those in Love Over Me, the relationships are at the heart of the story, particularly relationship between Raymond Clark. He's a from high school. He's a track. Track star, he's a standout, but he's also an academic standout. And he, his hometown is from Dayton, Ohio, which is a, a small town. And he, he goes to college, and his life really changes when he goes to college, and he meets his soulmate, Brenda. But because of things that have happened in Raymond's childhood, uh, due to the fact that his father was challenged with untreated alcoholism, which is really nightmarish for anybody. Any time we have 
any illness, whether it's a physical, mental, but it's untreated. We know what a what a what a how bad that can get. So his father has untreated alcoholism, and his father doesn't even know he's an alcoholic. He just he's somebody who accepts drinking as much as he does. That's just a normal part of life. But he he Raymond is the uh, he is the one who gets all of the impact of his father's alcoholism because Raymond is growing up. His father is his only parent. His mother left when he, he was two. So if you think about those things, what's happening to Raymond? How is he able to trust? What is his psyche like? How does he view relationships by the time he reaches college and he meets Brenda and he's not in good shape? He's not in good shape. So, uh, But he, he, he on the outside appears to be. He's He's, he's on... ESPN, he's being talked about in Sports Illustrated, and he meets Brenda. But he also meets a group of male friends. And one of his friends goes on to be, I mean, a tremendous football player. He goes to the NFL, and his other friends, one's from Italy, and they're from different parts of the country and different parts of the world. And it's amazing how we bump into people and how they change our entire life. And this is what happens to Raymond in Love Pour Over Me. It, 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 it's a story about relationships, but Raymond is definitely the central, integral piece. And the things that happen to him in this story, particularly around a mystery, which is a murder mystery in Love Pour Over Me, uh, I think readers find shocking. It's just what that happens to him. If you like mystery, and in particularly if you value relationships, I do encourage you to pick up a copy of Love Pour Over Me. And while I'm still waiting for our guests to tune in, to dial in, uh, I wanted to read to you some excerpts from Love Pour Over Me. Uh, before I do that, again, I, I am committed to making sure that you get not only entertainment, but that you get valuable information when you tune in to Off the Shelf Radio. So I wanted to share some tips with you. Uh, for those of you who might be marketing your product, I just heard about a book event that's going to be in Atlanta I want to go to. It was really outside of it, just outside of Atlanta. They told me it's almost sold out. So you might be hosting an event. There was recently the Dayton Book Expo that Valerie Coleman has put on for years. She said they're up to now 500 attendees. Again, the, the the being determined, being flexible, being consistent, being able to keep moving forward even when things don't go as planned, and to do it with grace, to, to be able to do that, that's a huge part of success. That's a huge part. When, when we start out and things are great, we're encouraged and enthused and inspired. Then we get to the middle and things aren't so good, or, or do, can we make it? To, to that final lap when those, that, that second and third lap of a mile run are hard. So some things to help you if you're looking for a way to – you're being determined and consistent and filling in the, in the gap and being flexible. I learned about – I don't know if you guys are on YouTube. I have a, a YouTube Chistel channel, and I hope you all will subscribe. That channel is devoted solely to giving out writers tips, advice, marketing advice, uh, information about upcoming events. If you love books and you love to write, and that's what Off the Shelf is about, I think 
would you would find value and get a lot of benefit out of subscribing to the uh, Chisto YouTube channel. Uh, but anyway, one thing I wanted to tell you when I went to that channel is YouTube has what they call a boot camp. Now, they don't run it all the time, and but in that boot camp, you can learn ways to set your show up so that you can attract more viewers. And also, if you start to attract a lot of viewers on YouTube, you can start to get advertising dollars. Now, it it they'll tell you flat out, their top shows, they generally have a professional production team or a a, a very up, upgraded camera system that they use. I mean, their shows, their top shows look like you're watching television. So uh, that's something that you might invest in in the future. Right now, I just use the camera off my laptop. But the top shows look, they're professionally developed. And they one thing they say, it's not just professionally developed. They stick to a theme, like off-the-shelf sticks to literature. I don't bounce all over the place on off-the-shelf. Although our books can, authors, the books can cover a wide range of topics. But their, their shows stick to a theme. They don't generally veer off from that. They their Their creators, top creators, say they don't produce a channel unless they know they have enough material to keep it running for like maybe five years. Again, it's not just enough to start out with a lot of enthusiasm. You've got to be able to maintain and be consistent. When unexpected things come up, how are you going to keep keep moving forward? So um, that's one thing they said. But their top, I was surprised, their top creators, it took them a year or more to get there. So you're talking, if if you do three shows a week, that's 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 what that's well well over 150 shows before you even got really got some traction and some people it took them longer than that so uh, I want to leave that with you to 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 encourage you but I if you join YouTube and they send you an email and offer you the opportunity to participate in a boot camp you may want to do that and if you are a marketer and you you help market for other clients, you can get a certificate from YouTube through their boot camp and add that to your resume or your online portfolio. That leads me to another piece of advice before I read from Love Pour Over Me is make sure you do have an online portfolio, whether you are a website designer, whether you have a product, uh, like one thing that's taken off food trucks, are taken off. You might have a food truck, you and you might love to read books, and that's why you listen to Off the Shelf. But if you're a writer, whatever you do, I encourage you to have a mobile presence because mobile people search for things. Mobile is about forty percent of the traffic now on digital traffic. I encourage you to set your portfolio, your web page up so that it's mobile. I I really encourage you not to take that lightly to do that. And there are. There are designers who will design your site for mobile. If you're on WordPress, if your site is built through WordPress, you can go through one of the software apps, and they will design your site. You don't have to pay anything extra. They will do that for you and make sure that they you always have those mobile software upgrades uh, for your site to be mobile. 
Google pays attention to that. Google wants to be the top, top because they want their searches, when you people put in phrases and keywords, they want the best searches to come up. And they want people, if you go to Bing or another search engine, they want Googles to be the best searches that come up. So you always go to Google. And so if you want to come up high in Google, you have to make sure your material is top quality material. So Google, again, that's where people want to go to get the top material. So you want the best of the best of your material there in Google. But but do a portfolio and do your keywords. Don't do keyword stuffing. Again, think quality, 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 and then insert the keywords in, in there. Um, so YouTube, get get on their boot camps. Find different ways you can promote and attract more visitors. Know that it may take time. Uh, annotations, I can tell you, are one way to add to your your YouTube videos. Annotations. Uh, you can do videos at your home. You can do videos while you're at like a book festival and talk about that. That makes it unique. Now you have unique content that they can only find at your channel, and that's that's a plus. If you do do a YouTube channel, plug it in to your website so you bring some of your YouTubes. You can do a blog post and say to learn more about uh, how to market your books online, see this YouTube video and then embed your video link there. But just always add value, value, value. Another piece of advice I want to give, and I've got so many different windows open, you guys, to see if I hear from our guests today and I haven't heard so I'm I'm just hoping and praying that our guest is is okay. I haven't heard back from her yet. And we're almost twenty minutes into today's show. So his his what what was the quote I had again for this morning? Wake up with determination, go to bed with satisfaction and I talked about flexibility. I'm getting a lesson in that, uh but this isn't the first time it's happened to me. This is probably the second or third time. Um so I want to, again, YouTube, marketing, do their boot camp, put annotations on your website, embed the um, uh, your, your YouTube videos into blog posts, add your portfolio, uh, again, any articles that you write, do guest posting. Uh, try it when you do guest posting or whatever online articles you put on. Make sure you, if you can, and if they don't, Tell you automatically ask if you can include your your byline, your name, and your a short bio. So something like Denise Turney is a East Coast freelance writer and novelist, specializing in financial services, uh, small business marketing, etc. Those types of things. And then if they can let you put a link to yours. Great places to do uh, guest posts for are, are places that get a lot of traffic, like Huffington Post. Uh, if you can do, start doing some writing for Forbes or in, or uh, some of the – because Forbes does accept articles from freelancers. Uh, can you do something on America Online? Can you do something that will just generate a lot of traffic? And if you have your byline and your URL link, uh, that that gives you a lot of traffic at your site as well. 
So those are things, tips I'm sharing with you uh, today. And and other tips, again, I, I content content has changed a lot since I started on the Internet. And I've been doing freelance writing and writing for different clients, including Fortune 100 companies, for over 10 years. It, it's changed a lot. Early on, content was short, and I don't, it wasn't so much keywords. You you really stuck to a theme, and it was short. And when I say short, 250 to 400 words, that has changed. So, again, that's why I like going to things like HubSpot has an inbound marketing certification and I'm not affiliated with HubSpot at all. They're not the only ones. There are others. Google has a Google Analytics and a Google Marketing Academy that you can go to. And just every week you take a different training the same way through HubSpot. And HubSpot has a free one. And you can get a certification. It's good for, I think, 13 or 15 months. And then they upgrade it to keep up with the trends and the changes. And I forget on Google how often the how long their certification is good for but that's I encourage you to do those things if you're looking to market and promote anything you're doing whether it's social media which is cause you YouTube Vimeo Instagram MySpace Facebook Twitter Pinterest Google Plus uh I'm thinking of um Tumblr we could just go on and on and on with different social media, uh, Reddit, that you could go on to promote your work. Just make sure that the audience at those platforms, because they're different audiences at some of those platforms, suits your material when you're marketing. So um, keep the, keep your training up because things change. So now, like I told you, it used to be 250 to 400 words when you were marketing, now it's they're looking for content. What's getting the most traction in search engines now, content between 800 and 1,500 words. And some organizations are looking for even up to 2,000 words. And you can say, oh, wow, why, why is that? Because when you're just writing content to have content out there and to put keywords out, you might not really care about the reader. And anything you do in life, you you have to keep the person that you're communicating with, whether you're talking to somebody, you're providing a service, a product, they have to be at the top. You have to keep them top and center. Your focus cannot be on, like me on Off the Shelf, how can I sell more copies of Love for Over Me? I hardly even mention my books on Off the Shelf at all. And the same thing when I'm on YouTube, I'm giving tips and advice. I'm not pushing and talking about my books a lot while I'm on there. So you have to keep the person who is dialed in front and center. How can I give them value, 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 even in a situation like today where I'm having to be flexible? Immediately I go, how can I give you value instead of just pushing my books? How can I give you value? And I hope you appreciate that. I really do. I hope you really sincerely appreciate it. Because this isn't the way I was going to be interviewing a guest, but how can I give you you value? 
that's why now the longer articles are having more leverage. They're having more weight than the shorter articles because with a shorter article, people who don't even have solid writing skills could push out a 250 article, fluff, 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 and just stuff it with words, just stuff it with 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 things that don't even really are not going to be advantageous or beneficial to to the reader, but the keywords and the links can help get their business up in the search engines. Well, the search engines, the people behind those, they they got smart, and so are readers. Like, I don't want you to waste my time. So now the longer articles, you can't do 2,000 words of just stuffing something with nothing. Nobody's hang, hanging in for that long of a ride for that. It has to have value. It has to. So it's actually a good thing for writers who do value readers, who do want to provide quality content. That's a huge plus. That's a huge plus. And I can remember when the Internet first came out, the short pieces, the keywords, the SEO, the meta tags, the meta descriptions, they are still important, but they have more value than the actual content. Uh, early on, and you had a lot of content mills coming out because they had more value. They Companies went up higher in search engines just because they had a lot of content and a lot of links. And people who wrote serious journalistic journalism-type writing or a lot of well-researched content, they fell off. They fell off. Well, those who stuck with that, the value for the reader, the, the doing the interviews, the the doing the research, and their their income dropped and they fell off. Well, those who stuck with it, who were determined, wake up with determination, who who were consistent and stuck with it, now they're starting to rise back up. So I, I encourage anybody to, to be determined, stick with it, stay flexible, and if you are marketing, you you may have to start writing longer pieces. But if you have value, you may not be able to write the volume of work you were writing before. But if it's quality and people come away saying, I got something out of that. If you somebody listening to today's show, okay, I didn't even know there was a YouTube boot camp. You listen to Off the Shelf today, now you know. Oh, I didn't know HubSpot had an inbound, free inbound marketing certification program. You listen to the days off the shelf show, now you know. Oh, I didn't know that the the search engines were now there's more leverage with longer media, more value added content than the shorter pieces. Now you know. I had no idea about meta descriptions and meta tags and and long tail SEO keywords. A long tail SEO keyword is instead of saying uh, Miami, Florida. Well, it, well, here's one: Miami, Florida beachfront rental rental uh, homes. That's a long tail keyword. It's not like one to three words. It's it's a longer. So that would be like a longer tail keyword. And then you'd want what what is your what is your focus of it? Uh, I'm giving a lot of marketing tips on a day show. What is your focus of it? Is it Miami, Florida? So anything in Miami, Florida? Do you have a business that sells a lot of different products that are related 
to Miami, Florida, whether it could be books, scuba diving, gear, could be fashion wear. So then you just want to focus on Miami, Florida, or do you just zone in and you deal in beachfront properties? So you would want all your other keywords to focus on beachfront properties and, and make sure you also tie your key your content into Miami, Florida. I've shared about three or four free tips that a lot of people pay hundreds and thousands of dollars to other people to implement for them because other people know this information. They incorporate it in the content that they provide for you, and then you, you, you have to pay them for it. So I just gave you some for free. And if you want even more, again, you can do the Google Academy, and just every night you come home and take a part of the training or the HubSpot Academy, and you just say, it, could, it might just be one or three nights a week, but by the end of that training, you're going to know a lot that you would might have to pay somebody else hundreds of dollars a month to get that same information. Um, I'm going to read now from some from Love for Over Me. I hope my guests hang hang in there even when they come in to the archives because I have a suspicion that our guest Sharon King I don't I I I don't know what happened with her. She had a as a very inspirational story uh, just to tell you a little bit about the guest that we have scheduled for today and I she and I uh touched base on Tuesday and she said she said I'm definitely on for our May the 7th interview but from Tuesday to Saturday a lot could happen. But her story, she really hit bottom, um, and 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 the title of her book, uh, just to share it with you all, is "This is My Introduction from Me to You." Remember me? It's a it's a nonfiction book. It's sort of like a story um, that she wrote to, I guess, her her authentic self when she went through uh, these challenges. She went through a period of homelessness and struggling with raising her children, and she went through abuse. Uh, these are the types of things we were going to talk about on today's show. Oddly enough, the prior show on Off the Shelf, if you tune into it, deals with Christians and domestic violence. When I, when I schedule authors, I don't schedule them by theme or topic, but I found that this from April and in this first month of May, a lot of our guests were the 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 theme, although I didn't set out to do it that way, was about empowering women, and women who come from situations, hard situations, where you might think you may never come out of it, but they do. That was the April May theme, not May April through the first week of May, here at Off the Shelf Radio. And that must be something that just subconsciously happened. So today's guest was another. Uh, last week's guest dealt with she was married to a pastor. She was a former pastor's wife, and she was. They were in, they're in their relationship. There was domestic violence. It didn't start out that way though, and uh, she herself went on to become an assistant pastor. And her, her husband was a pastor of a church. And I said, oh, my goodness, how difficult. It's difficult enough if you are in a marriage where people think everything's fine 
on the outside everything looks fine, how do you tell somebody there's abuse in your relationship and who would believe it? So that 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 and I encourage you to listen to uh last week's off the shelf show, the previous show here on Off the Shelf, a previous guest. And I found her while so just looking through artists first. And her her book, Woman Submit. That's the title of her book. And she's done a lot of research since she didn't set out no way to write that book because she didn't want the experiences in her life that made up the content for the book. She didn't want to have to go through those things. But uh, her husband even, she talked about it in the show. Uh, One tip she gave was not to tell, don't tell the person who's abusing you that you're planning on leaving. That's That's something you keep secret. You should tell people who you you can trust who won't go back and tell that person. I mean, you have to really be able to trust this person and tell them that you, your plans to leave, when you're leaving, uh, and if you really don't think you can trust anybody, maybe you don't tell anyone where you're going. But some some somebody you can keep in contact with for a while, in some cases of extreme abuse, you can't tell anyone. You you can't tell anyone except the person who has experience and helping people get out of abusive situations. They're the only person you could tell because somebody else might slip up, your phone might get tapped, a text could be intercepted, somebody you thought you could trust might think, oh, the right thing or the Christian thing to do would be to tell this person, and then it gets out, and the abuser finds out, and and then the whole thing goes awry. So sometimes you can't tell anybody except an experienced person who knows how to help you get out. But in that in that previous show, she told her abuser, if you put your hands on me again, I'm going to tell the authorities. And he choked her into unconsciousness. And she said she learned through her, her research, you shouldn't tell. You just, just don't. And from her own personal experience, that could really set the person off. As someone who commits any act of violence, whether it's domestic violence or any act of violence, whether they're violent, whether at a club, a bar, they will come up with an excuse, of course, for their behavior, and it won't be they won't take responsibility for it. Most of the times, they may start out to seem like I know I shouldn't have done it, I know I was wrong, and then blame it on you or somebody else. They probably aren't going to take a hundred percent responsibility. Where they seem like they're taking responsibility may be an effort at innocence or an effort not to appear so bad for what they've done. Because somewhere along the way, they're going to blame you for their behavior. Um, so so uh, violence is generally, there's fear there. The person is someone, they may seem strong in their violence. They hit so hard or they're choking or whatever they're doing. That's a terrified individual. And they probably started becoming terrified when they were a child. They're absolutely terrified. And they're spending their whole life afraid every day, whether they're at work or wherever they are. They're an adult. They could be seven foot two, 320 pounds, and petrified all the time. And the fear might be unconscious most of the time in the person, so they don't think they're fear. They're afraid. The emotion that that person might feel is anger, but below anger is always fear. 
So they might not ever feel the fear. They just feel the anger. They just feel that I'm I'm afraid, I'm angry a lot. They don't feel the fear below it. But that's that's the root of all anger is fear. If you're not ang- af- afraid, you can't become angry. <laughs> so, and that applies to all of us. Keeping that in mind, somebody who's absolutely terrified, afraid, they're afraid to be alone, they're afraid for you to leave them, they're afraid in, of different things, whether something happens on the job. They're just constantly afraid. It's like the fear never lets them go. The slightest thing can set them off. I mean the slightest thing. And if they, if the fear becomes too pronounced and it exhibits through anger, there's no telling what they'll do. And that's why they tell people when you spot signs of an abuse, or I would just say extreme fear in a person, to be a, an abuser you have to have extreme fear. When you see signs of it, get out. Get out. Because the person needs therapy and some some extreme fear could take a lifetime of therapy, and at, and at the best, maybe ten years of intense therapy. Ten years minimum, not one year, not two years, but ten years of intense therapy on the person at a minimum. And you getting out of the relationship doesn't hurt the person. Some people stay in a relationship because they think they're helping the person. If if we can just remember that we are enough, it's just a sickness in the person. And the, the therapy and the person and our creator, that's enough to help the person. So you don't have to stay there and be battered. That's not helping them. That actually could be making it worse. It actually could be making it worse. Another thing that came out in that previous interview on Off the Shelf, and again, I encourage you, to listen to it if you're dealing with anybody who is dealing with extreme fear or you have extreme fear. And if you're angry a lot, you probably do because at the root of anger is fear. And you might only be letting yourself feel the feel the anger and you won't let yourself feel the fear. So you don't think it's fear. You think it's just anger. But the root of anger is fear. So I encourage you, if you know somebody who is being abused, or you yourself are, or you 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 have a fear that you're whoever you're in a relationship with, if the right trigger happens, they lose their job, they get embarrassed to a significant degree, they could become an abuser if you if you they just haven't had that fear tip the scale yet. It's up high, but it's not the cup hasn't run over yet for them. If you think you're in a relationship with somebody, I encourage you to listen to last week's show because one thing she said was um, trying to submit to an abuser and trying to pacify them only makes it worse. The abuse will actually get worse. So if if there's any other thing, I gave marketing tips earlier uh, because I don't think our guest is going to be on today's show, is... So this show, this second piece of advice I would give him, and maybe the people who are supposed to listen to this will, and maybe that's why our guests didn't show up. I don't know. Um, if it helps save somebody's physical experience, then, you know, to God be the glory, is 
if you can can remember that the root of something, anger is not the root. Fear is. So if a person is absolutely afraid and is rooted in something from their childhood, you would have to have the skills to undo their childhood, their perception of that in their mind to help them. You rubbing them on the back isn't going to do it. You telling them, call them honey and baby and sweetie and fixing them dinner, that's not going to undo that childhood event that created the terror. It would take a professional psychologist, somebody who studies the mind to do that. You just being there for the person, you going out to the movies with them, it's not going to undo something that happened maybe 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. That's not going to undo that. And that's the cause of the fear. If there's, I don't know how you get through to people to tell them you would have to undo the root of it. And you rubbing somebody's back isn't going to undo something that happened when they were seven years old. So a, a, a trained psychologist can help them undo it, but not rubbing them on the back, not going out to dinner, not calling them honey and baby and sweetie and kissing them and cleaning up the house and keeping the kids quiet, that's not going to undo something that happened 20, 30 years ago. It would take professional therapy and maybe years of it to undo that. So trying to pacify an abuser is not the answer. So I encourage you to listen to the previous off-the-shelf show, not to get the viewership for the show up. It could save somebody's life. And if not yours, you might hear the guest say what something she shared that you could, if it doesn't help you directly, it might help somebody you know or you may come to know. Or you may find out about something somebody's going through, a colleague, a family member, and they've been keeping it a secret, and they share it with you. And they share it with you, and it may help them. So I encourage you there. Marketing tips, again, the YouTube, the boot camp, Google Analytics, HubSpot, these are free. HubSpot, Inbound Marketing, they have a paid program. I'm not affiliated with any of these organizations. I'm not getting any money from this, none, zero. Uh, but the, HubSpot has a paying uh, marketing program, but they also have a free one. So these are things you can get for free. The YouTube is for free. The Google Academy is free. As far as I know, I think it is. They have analytics and they have other things there. Uh, the HubSpot has free uh, inbound marketing certification. There are others I've seen online, but those two are the ones that come to mind. And then it's free also to subscribe to our YouTube Chisel channel where we give free writing tips, some of the things I've shared with you today, upcoming book events. And then we do some fun things. We do some fun things like I have a, there's a, there's a, sh- a session at our YouTube channel that talks about great book beginnings, great book beginnings, great um Writer characters in books. That's also another one. And I think I just got a a tip from um, Sharon May King that that says she will be on the show today, but she's not actually uh, she's not actually on the show right now. So um, let me go out to Sharon. Uh, This is a very interesting morning, folks. This is a very interesting morning. Um, 
and I'm trying to keep talking even as I'm doing this. And I hope I didn't lose our guest. I'm asking her, please dial in now. Uh, I, I don't know what happened. There was some confusion because she has it at, at 11 a.m., and it's going on 12 o'clock. So I don't know if – I don't know if my guest is in a different time zone and I'm afraid I may lose every listener. I'm afraid I may lose every listener um, because uh, we only have 14 minutes left. If Sharon dials in, I will. Uh, maybe we go on with the show or we re- reschedule the show because I want her to get the the amount of attention for her uh, her book. As well from the show I, I want to make sure she gets that I don't know what happened uh, I sent reminders And she just posted that she'll be on At 11 a.m. But it's going on 12 o'clock uh, So I'm going to I'm going to read from Love Pour Over Me For those of you who, who Who hung in there With today's show If you send me an email I will send you a free copy Of Love Pour Over Me for those of you who tuned in, and I get the back end of the show, I see, so I can see who to some, not everybody who tuned in, uh, but I will give you a free copy, and you can email me at rcampb three four two two at aol dot com, and and I will I'll get you a free copy of today's show. So I want to talk. Want to read from Love for Over Me. We have about 14 minutes to go, and this is from Chapter One, Love for Over Me. And again, if you email me, if you listened to today's show because it did not go <laughs> as as planned, I don't know what happened. I do not know what happened, but um, I, I want to gift you with a free copy uh, of of Love for Over Me if you email me. So Chapter One. It was Friday afternoon, June 15, 1984. Raymond Clark lay across his bed. An empty bowl of popcorn was on the floor, snacking did little to ease his excitement. In less than three hours, his year-round efforts to prove himself deserving of unwavering acclaim would be validated in front of hundreds of his classmates. Tonight was his high school graduation, the day he had dreamed about for weeks. He knew his grades were high enough to earn him academic honors. Even more than his grades were his athletic achievements. He hadn't been beaten in a track race in three years. He won the state half mile and mile runs for the last six years since he was in middle school. People would cheer wildly for him tonight. The television was turned up loud. Carlos threatens to break Bob Beeman's historic long jump record at the Olympic trials in Los Angeles this weekend, an ESPN sportscaster announced. Beeman's record is still for 16 years. Lewis, Raymond got so caught up in the mention of the upcoming Olympic Games that he didn't hear the front door open. Ray, his father Malcolm shouted as soon as he entered the house. What? Raymond leaped off his bed and hurried into the living room. Dad, what? Boy, if you don't get your junk. Raymond watched his father wave his hand over the sofa. 
the place where he'd thrown his sports bag as soon as he got home from graduation practice at school. Get this sports crap up, Malcolm growled. Silence filled the house. Raymond grabbed his sports bag, carried it into his bedroom, and tossed it across his bed. His father exited the living room and entered the kitchen. Like a dark shadow, frustration from spending 10 hours working at a drab automobile plant where he drilled leather seats into one Ford Mustang after another while his line supervisor stood at his shoulder and barked, Focus, Malcolm, get your production up, followed him there. It was in the furrow of his brow and in the pinch of his lip. Ray, and let me just stop there. I'm still going to gift you with a free copy of Love Pour Over Me if you email me at rcampb3422 at aol.com. Just tell me you listened in, the, in the, your email. Say you listened to Off the Shelf, May the 7th, and, and you would like a free ebook copy of Love Pour Over Me. And I'm going to gift you with a free copy for tuning hanging in there with me until our guests join today's show. We only have 10 minutes left. So I think our guest has joined, and I'm going to go and connect her to the show. Hi, is it Sharon? Yes, it is. Good morning. Hi. We we're almost finished, actually. Uh, it was 11 a.m. Eastern time, and as I told our get our our listeners, things happen, and I I did promote the show. I just hope we didn't lose listeners um, for now and in the future, <laughs> where people think okay. <laughs> It, nobody, no, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. I totally apologize. The time difference—that's what got me. And although you told me Eastern time, I totally forget the time difference. I really did. I apologize. To be honest, which I just woke up and I posted. Oh, that—that's that, fine. And and I, you know, I told I, I tell our listeners one thing. A quote we, we had for today's show was: "Wake up with determination, go to bed with satisfaction. Things happen." <laughs> And I, I've been off the shelf for 12 years, and I've, one thing I've learned that's important, as I was telling our listeners, if you want to succeed, you have to be flexible because things happen that you you just, you better be ready to fill in the gap and keep moving forward. <laughs> so I shared marketing tips and read from Love For Me, but generally this has happened maybe two or three times where guests dialed in late or not at all. I generally lose lots of listeners. But I, w- I want to give you as much shine as I can uh, uh, during the last few minutes of the day's show. So I wanted to introduce you. Our special guest for Off the Shelf this morning is Sharon May King, and she is the founder of Sharon King Worldwide. She works as an administrative clerk at a law firm. And Sharon also works in public relations. At, she worked in public relations at Sand City Magazine, her major at Western International University was legal studies, and she's also the author of the book, This Is My Introduction from Me to You, Remember Me. So we want to truly welcome Sharon Making to Off the Shelf. Being that we only have a few minutes left, I'm going to just, I have several questions I was going to ask Sharon, but I'm, I'm only going to touch on a few things. Um I know you also acted. Can, acted. Uh, can you tell yes. us about some of your acting experiences? Um, first of all, I just would like to apologize for being late on your show. Um, the time difference. Uh, no excuse. <laughs> Although I have a kid that has ADHD, and sometimes I fall asleep late with him. 
I would sincerely like to apologize to everyone. I'm never late for anything. I'm direct. I'm currently directing a doc- documentary with my uh, business partner uh, Tracy Schuler on um, Black women and depression. Um, I did acting in the '90s. I'm currently um, SAG eligible. Um, between acting and directing um, documentary and my upcoming movies and writing books, I have a lot on my plate. Um, as a person, and I'm very inspired by um, my fellow authors and everyone around me. Um, okay. I did some acting. I did some backup acting with um, Law & Order SVU when I lived in New York. I currently live in California. Um, I did a lot of backup acting. My okay. future right now is to be on the front, on the big screen, with everything I oh, have going on. Oh, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> Now, so what inspired you, Sharon, to write, this is my introduction from me to you, remember me? What inspired you to write the book? You know, when I was in the homeless shelter, um, the Salvation Army Homeless Shelter in New York, there was a lot of women that were so depressed and, and going through a lot and, you know, giving up their babies and on drugs and on, um, they was in protection because of being abused from their husband. And... I was their strength because although I was in the shelter with my three kids and I had my third child when I was inside the shelter, I was their strength. I prayed. I prayed a lot. I never went to sleep without praying. I never wake up without starting my day without praying. And they said, you know, if you if you leave from here, Sharon, you have to write a book. And although they all gave me their phone numbers to stay in contact with them, I misplaced all their numbers. And I wrote the book. And it took me 10 years just about 10 years to write the book because I had to go through counseling to get over what people would think right. of me. That was one of my wow. biggest fears. Self. Mm-hmm. So I wrote the book, and I, as I wrote the book, I felt free. I felt free. I was free from my past. I was free from judging myself. I was free from people judging me. Mm-hmm. And it was a big release wow. for me. That, and I that's, wrote the book that is and, a huge blessing. And they yes. say writing is, is writing is therapeutic. And so they've they yes, told some is. people, even counselors, to write in a journal, write poems. Because all of our issues come from within us. They don't come from outside of us. So writing might help us to unravel that, that, that ball of yarn. It could help us as we express. It could help us to unravel things. Can you give our listeners a brief synopsis uh, this is my introduction from me to you, Remember Me. Yes, I can. I'm going to read Chapter 13 of my book, The Letter to My Three Children, at that time. Uh, letter to My Three Children is on page 63, Jeremiah, Trevor, and Leslie. Thank God for blessing me with you, such an abundance of blessing like you. And every one of you from the very time I carried you in my womb, through the kicking, the movement, and all the morning sickness, And how could I forget labor and labor pains? If I had to do it all over again, I would. I love you so much, my words can express my love. Wherever you go in life, always remember your mother loves you. I wish nothing but godliness, love, success, fruitfulness, joy, peace, and the blessing of Abraham upon you. I want you to be well-educated, better, smarter, and bolder. I will always be here for you and I will always do my best to provide for you. But there 
are times when you have to fend for yourself. I have sacrificed and suffered, and I know you have seen and heard me cried so many nights. I don't want you to go through what I have been through. T.D. Jake said in the best, the book, Reposition, Repositioning Yourself, Living Life Without Limits. I know what it is to count someone else's discard as my blessing and do without altogether. Always, always remember to put God first. He will provide everything you need in life. With God, all things are possible. However, it is important to me for you to be independent. God bless the child that got his own. There is so much more out there in this world. I hope you realize that there is something larger than yourself, and you will come to realize your true potential. Find your strength, and don't ever be ashamed of your weakness. I send you to the best school to get your education. Continue educating yourself no matter what. No one can take that away from you. Life is sometimes hard, and I want you to be prepared for this. The world is a cold place, and some of the people that are cold too. However, there are a lot of good people in this world, and I hope that they come across your path and you theirs. You have trials and tribulations. Everyone has times like that. Remember, trouble don't last forever. Learn from it and try not to make the same mistake twice. Okay. Oh, what a beautiful letter. And you know what? It's so fitting that tomorrow is Mother's Day. So so fitting. And that was, I'm sure your children really, when they read, read that, really appreciated that as well. Can you tell us, um, again, we don't have much time left, but can you give us a little background on you, where you grew up, and how... Was, was did you go into the shelter because you domestic violence or what led you? How did you end up that part of your journey in, in, in a you know, shelter? To America when I was thirteen, I came from Belize. I lived with family members. Um, one of them took sexually advantage of me, and I couldn't say nothing. I said it was going to send me back to my country. I didn't have my passport. I didn't have my green card. I wasn't a citizen. I wasn't anything. So I took a lot of that. Um, I end up in the shelter when I lost my house. I was renting a house, um, the rent with option to buy in Queens, New York, and I lost everything. And at that time of my life, I was really arrogant. I had it going on. I had a great job. I had it going on. I had this. I had friends. I had everything. And I think I was too arrogant. I wasn't humble enough. And I think God took everything away from me to humble me, and I appreciate that because more, I'm more humble and I'm more appreciative of everything. And I went into the shelter. All the friends that I had, I no longer had. No one wanted to be my friend. No one wanted to support me. It was good when I was on the high road, but when I fell below the surface, there's no friends. And I've learned that. And I've stuck with the people that have stuck with me. And one of my good friends, she's still my friend now, um, Karen Cheneyfield, She's in Rosedale, New York. She stuck with me. And I have other friends that stuck with me also, but she stuck with me and my friend Ralph Arnoux and Iceline Arnoux. Those are people that stuck with me. The rest vanish. So you have to be careful who you call friends because when the road gets to the end, sometimes the people that you think are praying for you, they're praying for you to have nothing. That's why I'm very mm-hmm. careful when people pray for me because remember, 
the devil know the Bible just as well as God know the Bible. So you got to be careful for people that call themselves touching you and anointing you and praying for you because not everybody pray well for you. So I'm very careful about that. Okay. I've learned. Now, what advice, what advice can you give to women who find themselves in a shelter now? What can they do? How can they band together to empower each other so that when they come out of the shelter, they're in a better situation? The best advice I could say is be honest to yourself. Embrace the situation. Learn from it. You're not going to be there always. It's a mindset. I'm not going to be here always. It's just a pass-through that I needed to go through. This is a part of my journey. But I'm not going to be here always. I am going to move from here. I'm going to do better. I am going to be better. One thing I've learned, and I do every morning, I have a yellow pad, and I wrote about 15 to 20. I am. You have to start the morning after praying. I am beautiful. I'm strong. I'm powerful. I'm rich. I'm a blessing. I'm humble. I'm a survivor. I am successful. And I am beautiful. All these things you are, just because you're in a shelter, doesn't make you any less. You're not less than anybody else differently. And just because you don't see somebody struggle like you are, they're struggling in a different way. You're not going to be in the shelter always. You keep your head up. You keep it moving. Keep your job. You work. You save your money. Be careful who you call friends. Be careful who you ask for advice because not everybody will give you the best advice. Pray about it. Wait for God to answer. He gives us intuition. Follow it. You're not going to be in that shelter always. You're going to do better. You're going to come out. You said that you 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 had everything taken from you. Did you did you, did you lose your job or when you said you what happened what was I, I never lost, I never lost my job. I met someone and um, I allowed them to move into my house, oh. and I, I got pregnant with them. Their intention was not to help me with the bills. Um, they were saving up their money. My son's father was saving up his money to get his own place with his oh. other one. So oh I was God. just uh I was just a battleground. I was just a comfort zone for what he needed while he was saving his money to get his other place, which he did. And I could no longer wow. afford all the bills on my own. So I had to go wow. Yeah. Well you yeah. know what? That's a new one. I don't think I've ever heard of that anybody doing that. I'm glad that that's something. I'm glad that that was shared here. You never know who's who's going to tune in and who's going to listen to that. I that's a new one on me. I moved in with somebody. Most people go back to their mother's house or their father's house and save money to get their own place. But moving in, getting into a relationship with somebody, again, most people go home and save their money to get into a relationship and and create the illusion. That you really want to be with this person. Yeah. <laughs> You're actually saving money to buy a house with somebody else. That is, that is a first that I've heard of that. Wow. And we were both pregnant. We were both pregnant at the same time. I gave birth like a month apart. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know what, though? Oh. I, I, I have a great life. Right. You know, and I'm right. thankful. I'm thankful for every struggle that I have been through. I'm not ashamed of anything. I'm an open book. I have nothing to Did hide. You, 
did you go through a period where you felt like you lost yourself when I think of the title of the book? And what was that like, and what advice could you give to somebody who is there and they, they're trying to come back out of that? I felt like I lost myself. And when I did that, I went to counseling. I knew I had a problem. But I also knew that I had children I had to take care of. They were my first responsibility. I was my first responsibility because I, I, if I wasn't well, I couldn't take care of them. So they were my second. I'm going to con- correct that. And um, you, you are going to feel like that. And it's okay to feel like that. But everything is truth. You have to be true to yourself and you have to reach out for help. If you need help, you have to recognize and come with accept. self-acceptance. It's very important. You have to realize, I need help. Where do I go from here? Sometimes you can reach out to the church for counseling. Sometimes you can reach out to the church for help. Just be careful who you're reaching out to help for. Okay. The help is um, out there. Wow. I, I, I wanted to ask you, I know your children and your family read your, likely read your book. What response did you get from them, and what response have you gotten from other readers about this is my introduction for me to you, remember me? Oh, I had great response. I have great um, reviews in Barnes & Noble and Amazon. I had great review. They thanked me. And my friend, um, Crystal Victoria, um, I met her on Facebook, and she loved my book so much. It inspired her to write her book. So when she wrote her book, she put my book inside of her book. It's a cover photo of my book inside of her book. And my oh, book have inspired a lot of women and men. And men. I have a lot of inbox of men saying how much my book have inspired them, and they have been through a lot. Because men go through just as much as women. It's just that men was put on to be strong so they can express their feelings and they're not allowed to cry. But that's not fair because men go through the same thing. Right. Oh, do you have any plans to do any offer any motivational or other uh, services to women? Do you have, is oh, that yes. Any your... Oh, yes. I'm currently working on a documentary right now with my business partner, um, Tracy Schuller, um, on depression in black women. I have a couple of um, things lined up um, for this year for speakers, for speaking engagement. Um, and, you know, just to inspire women, I, I really feel if I tell my story honestly, openly, and boldly, it will inspire someone. Because people, are, women are hurting, men are hurting, people in general are hurting, but you just don't know what to say because you're so embarrassed and sometimes your pride don't allow you to get the help that you need. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's real. Your pride stops you to get a lot of things because, you know, people look at you and say, oh, you should have it together. Oh, you shouldn't be going through this. You know, and you don't know what they're going through behind closed doors. See, to see someone and to live with them is two different things. So you don't know what they're going on. So my motto have always been this, be kind to all, because we all are fighting some kind of battle we know nothing about. Mm-hmm. Are there any plans for you to write another book? Then I have one I last have, question. <laughs> I have children books that I wrote that's going to be on the market um, soon. Oh, okay. Hopefully I can finish up by this weekend. I have several children books. I also have two adult books. Um, so there are books coming out this year. I just have a lot Very of my good. plate. <laughs> I just have a lot of my plate. Where can off-the-shelf mm-hmm. listeners get copies of your books? Um, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, eBook, Kindle, Nook. 
I'm currently working on my website, um, but you could have went to my website directly also and ordered from me, and I will just send you a signed autograph copy. But my website is done because I'm working on it. Now, these are they in print and ebook form? Yes. Okay. And so yes. we want to thank Sharon May King for being here with us this morning on Off the Shelf, and I, I truly enjoyed the time that we spent together. Uh, she she her book is very inspiring, and I do encourage you to get a copy. And the title of her book is "This Is My Introduction from Me to You." Remember me, and um, she's got other works, you know, other. Pots on the Stove, uh, services for <laughs> African American women dealing with depression, and 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 her and her background. She's she's a, a her major at Western and National University was legal studies, and she actually works in that industry now. So we want to thank Sharon May King again, the author of This Is My Introduction from Me to You. Remember me for being here on Off the Shelf Radio. And as I tell you to our listeners, please come back next Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern. Standard Time or New York City Time, where every Saturday, again, it's 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or New York City Time. Tell your colleagues, your friends, your neighbors, book lovers, anybody who values literature or a good story to tune in to Off the Shelf on Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we always bring you phenomenal, phenomenal guests. And we've had a, 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 a awesome list of guests who have appeared here on Off the Shelf. As I tell you all the time, you are amazing. You're incredible. You are fabulous. Go out and create a wonderful day for yourself. And happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. And thank you for all you do, whether you're a mother or an aunt, a grandmother, or if you're a mother like mine, my mother is no longer here. But remember what your mother did for you and what she meant to you. And you can still in your heart say happy Mother's Day and I love you to your mom, even if she's no no longer here. So happy Mother's Day, and thank you to Sharon May King. Please go out and support her and, and her book, and the title of her book again is This Is My Introduction From Me To You, Remember Me. Remember, you're truly blessed. See you back here next Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bye for now. Sharon, I'll shoot you an email when the show finishes streaming. Thank you.